The accomplishments, the sacrifices, the struggles of our people of color. And I want, as I pray today, to recognize what God has done for us. We've come a mighty long way, and we wouldn't have done it without God. And for those of you, I don't know where you are today, what demons are fighting you or you are fighting against, what demons you have fought off, what victories you've won. But I want to call you up. I think we all got our own struggles, and we all need God's help. And if you need his mercy today, as we pray, I call you to come on up to the foot of the cross. people have come today to bless your name, to magnify your name, Lord, to simply say that you are our Lord and our God, that it is you who is king of this universe and king of our lives. And Lord, we come today to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing for us, Father. And even in a very special way, as we recognize those who have gone before us, sacrifices that they've made, Lord, for a people of color, the struggles, Lord, people like the Freedom Fight, the Freedom Riders, who would go into great danger because they had a vision that things could be better for people of color. Lord, we are benefactors today of what you've done through those, through that long litany of people. Those who were thrown in prison, some lynched, some sprayed with fire hoses, but somehow, Lord, they had a fate that we will overcome because of you. And we stand today, Lord. We have houses and freedoms, education, things we wouldn't have if they didn't take those stands. I pray, Lord, that we won't take it for granted. But Lord, more importantly, though, we, that, that freedom only freed us Temporally, we needed to be freed from sin. And you send us your son, Jesus. As a result, today, we are free from sin. Looking forward with the hope of eternal life. Lord, you've got, we've come around the altar today with many different needs, many different conditions and situations, oh God. 
And we know, Lord, that you are the God answer in prayer. Around the altar today are many different petitions. I ask, Lord, that you will have mercy upon us today. Lord, that you will answer the prayers of your people. You said when we come together and we agree and when we're gathered that you are there. And then there are those who didn't come, but they're still in their seats and they have special petitions. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that you will grant us special favor today. We've come to bless you because you've been such a blessing. You've blessed us so much. And Lord, we do not forget about your benefits. Even something as simple as the air we breathe. If it wasn't for your faithfulness and your reliability, we would be in trouble. Oh, bless abundant life. Lord, bless all of the cares that we have. Lord, I pray in a very special way for the preacher this morning. He has a tough job. But, oh, God, you're able. Pray, Lord, that you'll give us the patience we need. And, Lord, I ask for a special anointing upon him and upon us today that the word that you have will be heard, ingested, digested, and, Lord, that we will be changed and better as a result. Lord, there's also an event that has occurred today that we need your special intervention with. We ask, Lord, that you will intervene. Oh, intervene in our, all of our circumstances, Father. Lord, I pray, too, that we will make a fresh commitment to you today, a fresh consecration to you, O oh God. Let us not leave here the way that we came, but may we be better because we were here. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen and amen. Ni musing más 
to welcome those of you that are listening to us by radio, those of you that are viewing us on the internet or by television, to the service that's already in progress here at the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. As you know, the month of February across the nation is considered as Black History Month, and this month we are giving special emphasis to black history as well. Our speaker today is probably no stranger to those of you who have been visiting with us by one of those mediums. It's Pastor Johnny Holiday. Pastor Johnny Holiday is not only a pastor here at the church, but he is the principal of our school and a tremendous asset to this movement that we have here. A great blessing to our students and to our church family. As he speaks to you today, I pray that you'll give him your undivided attention on your prayers. Before Pastor Holiday comes to us with the message today, you will hear a special selection from our youth choir. Please pray as you listen.
an awesome wonder you are. What an awesome God we serve. It's going to be all right, church. We're going to talk to the Holy Spirit, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit do at least one or two items today. Either move me swiftly with understanding, or we move at his pace, and he calls you to have an attentiveness that you can't explain. So I believe God is going to work with us this morning. Amen? Let us turn our Bibles to John 16 again. John 16. John 16. When you have it, say amen. If you would, please, let's stand and read the word of God with power. Let's stand one more time and read the word of God with power. John 16 and verse... 13, let me read in your hearing as you're standing before the Lord, however when the guide, however when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever his, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of the word. You may be seated. Let's bow his next God's intervention. The God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, God of Abraham, God of Jacob, fill us with your word. Father, grant us your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that you will move upon this place like never before. And I ask you again that you will move me swiftly or cause an attentiveness to come about the people that they can't understand, but because of the Holy Spirit. We will hear, we will learn, and we will execute what thus says the Lord. In Jesus' name, and everyone under the umbrella of my voice say, Amen. Amen. Amen, church family. This morning... I want to speak to you on a topic entitled, See Yourself as God Sees You. See Yourself as God Sees You. I have had the opportunity during my educational career to converse and listen to many young students express discomfort and concern.
Unknown self. Your unknown self. Now this self, what neither you nor any experience that have shaped your behavior, buried motives, amen, or deep hurts you have subconsciously locked away. The unknown self is the most difficult to adjust because neither you nor your loved ones can readily see it. This is the one you usually bring in marriage. You know who you spend most, more, most time with than anybody? Yourself. And this is the one you bring into marriage, your unknown self that you don't know even exists sometimes in many cases. Your unknown self. In order to address these inner self portraits, it is obvious you need another perspective. Whether you know Mary McLeod Bathoon, whether you know Nelson Mandela, Hakeem Adabuti, Paul Robeson, whether you know Thurgood Marshall, Sonia Sotomayor, Marcus Messiah Garvey, Marva Collins, Langston Hughes, Ida B. Wells, whether you know any of those people, whether you know Dr. King, Malcolm X, whether you know Carter G. Woodson, and whether he are uh, no, uh, known for invent, uh, coming up with Black History Month, whether you know John Johnson, whether you know Benjamin O. Davis who said, you can silence me at West Point, but with God's help, I will still graduate. 
whether you know Benjamin O. Davis, whether you know anything about the Tuskegee Airmen who never lost a bomber, whether you know anything about Carl Brasseur who said, I want to be a master diver and you can keep me under the water for 18 hours, but I'm going to come up and I will still be a master diver. Whether you know any of those people, whether you know what they've done and what they sacrificed so that we could be here, whether you understand that those people took lemons and made lemonade, whether you know Frank L. Peterson, the fourth president of Oakwood College. Did you read the boy? Did you read the boy? Whether you know Edson White, Ellen White's son who moved to Vicksburg, Mississippi to move and do a movement that his mother once gave a message and he felt that he needed to go there. Whether you know William E. Foy, the Millerite preacher in the mid-1800s, whether you know Charles Kennedy, the first African-American to be ordained by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, whether you know Anna Knight, the first president of the National Colored Teachers Association of the Seventh-day Adventists. Whether you know them or not, if you are going to author your inner self-portrait, it is obvious that you need Jesus. You're going to need assistance from someone who views all four panes, all four window panes that you saw. You need assistance from someone who views all of them simultaneously. The God we serve sees all of you. The God we serve sees all of you. Oh, some of you look prim and proper, but on the inside, you're in pain. Some people have things that they're dealing with that only the God we serve can deal with. The God we serve must be someone that's loving, powerful enough to help you change what your friend, your mother, no one else in your life can help you change. You ever went to people and say, pray for me? They can pray all they want. If the Holy Spirit does not convict, it is in vain. It is in vain. He knows everything about your second plane, your second pain. He knows your secret desires. He knows your Achilles heel. The devil don't come at you with things he know he can't get you on. You know the devil come at you on your weaknesses. Satan knows my weaknesses. You know, Satan will never bother holiday when it comes to work ethics. He ain't coming my way. He say he crazy. He gonna work 16 hours a day. He crazy. But he got something else he'll come at me on. Some of you, he won't ever come at you when it comes to Loving your spouse, praying diligently, but he knows there's something else. He knows your Achilles heel. He knows your Achilles heel, and he will come. He knows your evil thoughts. He knows what you did, and he knows what you're going to do. He knows the hurt that you're experiencing right now. He knows the two warring spirits that W.E.B. Du Bois talked about, sometimes threatening to tear that entire body asunder, being in two worlds that being black and white and operating. I see somebody shaking their head, they know what I'm talking about. You ever go out into the world and you go in certain places and your voice change? Lord, I have to tell the truth up here. I had friends like that. I would see them, we would be hanging out and talking. What's going on, my brother, how are you? Doing good, man, doing good. What's up, what's up, you all right? I'm doing great, man, what's up? What you doing? I'm at the crib. We just hanging. We just chilling for a moment. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna study. Uh, I'm gonna study my uh, my information, and we're gonna do what we need to do. Then we go other places around the brethren. Hi, Johnny. How are you? <laughs> Two warring spirits in the souls of black folks by W. E. B. Du Bois. He speaks to that. That's not holiday, making mockery of anybody. That is empirical research based on history and what a people have had to deal with. But when you know yourself and when you know this God that we serve, and that's why I can't understand to this day, if you begin to study the word of God in its essence, how can you feel inferior? 
I can talk a little bit about black history and Milana Karenga and all those people, but they are not who caused me to feel what I'm feeling. It is the word of God. So if you call yourself a Christian, you should never walk around here feeling inferior to anyone. Not when you understand what the word of God says, because I know we talk about history and slavery and where it started and they brought us packed over here and sar as sardines in the ship and the name of the ship was the De Jesus. Did you know that? How many people knew that the ship, one of the ships that brought us here was named De Jesus. Anybody, nobody knew that? Have mercy, I got one hand. I got another hand. I want you to know I ain't up here telling you no lies. But my point is, that's where we start our history. But my history started with Adam and Eve. Where your history start? My history started with Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and all those people. That's where my history started. So I think I got something else you know, I can deal with. Furthermore, if you really dig a little deeper, my history started with the Dogon people, people who began to look at the, the, the toilet system long before we came from uh, Africa and came into the Eurocentric empire that we're in. If you dig a little deeper, you will understand, just like the word of God speaks to, he will bring it to you. The Holy Spirit will bring you. Have you ever wondered why is it that some things people tell you, you just can't digest it and believe that it's true? Because you have that warring spirit fighting against what isn't true. The essence of who you is, it is not true. You have to understand that. But God knows and he knows the hurt you're experiencing. He knows what you have suppressed and placed in the very corners of your mind. He knows everything about you and guess what? He loves you anyway. He loves you anyway. What kind of God we serve that would just decide that I'm going to make a people and I'm going to just... I'm going to cause all kinds of suffering with these people. Woe is me. You study the Israelites and you compare and contrast African people and the Israelites. Slavery is not new. And did God not bring them out? Did God not open up the Red Sea and say, walk through? If God had them to walk through, then surely, Elder Brown, me and you can walk through today. We don't need no excuses and making excuses and blaming the white man and all that stuff. We, the day for blame is over. The day for blame is over. Listen, let me make it plain. I have to do that. Listen, LaFon is in the house. Listen, let me come out to the audience. LaFon is in the house. This brother is in the house. And I ain't blaming him for nothing. He has never done anything to me. LaFon has never strategically planned to keep me suppressed. So let's, let's, and I'm saying this is for the young people. Let it go. Let it go. Learn your history so that you can understand your past so that you won't repeat it. But don't learn your history to be down pressed and saying, the man got me down. The man ain't got you down. Nobody has you down. God does the same for you and me and anyone else. Receive his word and move forward. Move forward. Let me go. I'm going to let you go quick. We're we going to keep you long. Let me just, let me. He loved, David said, oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all my praise because I am fearfully and what wonderfully and what wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. Let us deal with the eyes as we deal with the scripture. Why is it that the eyes, I said, Brianna, has, has something to do with what's happening with us? In talking with most African-American youth today, they will tell you that most black men are professional athletes. That's what they tell me. In fact, I was talking to one just recently, and he said, that's, that's what we do. We got to help the brothers, though, don't we? Let's try to help them right now. Let's give them some data. Okay, they say we, that's what we do. We, we play basketball. If you ask them what they want to be, I want to be a Kobe Bryant. And uh, Wayne, Wade, what's the boy's name? Uh, Wade Nobles. Uh, 
Wayne, Wayne, Dwayne? Dwayne, I don't know him. Guess what? They took a dollar out of my pocket not to know him. Making it. That's right. You see, you know, I don't need to know Dwayne Noble, or Nay, uh, boy, what his name? Uh, Dwayne Wade, I don't know him. I don't know him. But I will tell you what I read. Now, according to the official roster of all 30 national basketball teams, listen up, young people, there was a total of 486 NBA players for the 2009-2010. A total of 486 active and inactive. Now listen to this. Among these players, 83 were not from the United States. I'm trying to make something plain to my young brothers who dream it of doing something that one million dream of, 36 go, and about 10 out of them make it. That don't even make sense, brothers. All y'all think y'all gonna be a Wade Nobles? Uh, what that boy name, Wade? Boy name. Wait. You know, you know why, let me tell you something. You know why I keep saying Wade Nobles? Because that's who I've been studying. If you know Wade Nobles, see, he did something. In fact, oh Lord, I'm, the parents gonna get me uh, about this one. It ain't bad, it's, but it's, it's relative. That's why with my boys, I talked to them, we doing the black history thing. And I said, we, we said, we said, we said, the school said, look up someone significant and who has made contributions to the society. Now, when you do that, now, come on now. What basketball player has made my life better? Let's, let's be honest. Now, now, let me tell you something. I love my children. I'm going to get back. I love my children because they, they, are, they are debaters. De they are debaters. I ain't going to call no name, but one of them told me, but Mr. Holiday, Principal Holiday, so-and-so gives to the Salvation Army every month or every year or something, you know, start telling me about the endowment funds. And, I mean, they were, they, were, they were talking to me. I had to listen. I had to listen. I had to listen. So this is how I got them. I said, well, you know that's good. That's nice. I said, so here's what we'll do. I want y'all to do two. You do that basketball player, and then you do another one. And they agreed, and they, they, they're doing it. So, but it's all relative, because the Bible says, when I was a child, I acted as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. And it is for us to help and, and, and guide young people. All right? So, but let me get back to the stats. Now, they want to be basketball players and all this. And they say that's what we do. When you got 486 NBA players for 2009 and 2010, according to the data I looked at, among these players, 83 were not from the United States. And, and it came from 36 different countries. France has the highest number of international NBA players, 10, followed by Serbia with six. The 2009 season scores are, now I can read it, Dwayne Wade, <laughs> Carmelo, ooh, they know him. <laughs> I'm telling you, I never heard of him until I was studying. Camillo Anthony, and I heard of Kobe Bryant. These are the three top scorers, yet we had 142,420 blacks to earn a four-year bachelor's degree from America colleges and universities. So you got 486 basketball players and 142,000 blacks to earn a four-year degree from colleges and universities, and you tell me that you have a better chance of being a basketball player than a college graduate? So here we have three names who mesmerize the entire population of God-given mental talent and intellectual prowess among our young boys. Three names mesmerizing all boys who because of their eyes, because of their eyes, thoughts get into their hearts and they believe and there's action that indicate that they have a better chance at developing a relationship with a basketball than developing a relationship with God. Three names. Three names. I'm sorry, brothers. I love you. I just got to do it to you. Where you at? They hide and I can't see them. I got to tell y'all the truth because y'all be dreaming, comatose dream, won't wake up dream. Dreaming because of their eyes. The stats even go to this. During 2007, 1.9 million blacks owned businesses. 1.9 million black people owned their own business in 2007. Uh, above a 50% increase during that year. 
And yet, the brother's going to tell me, we do basketball. No, you do basketball. You do basketball. Because the statistics don't say that that's what we do. And if you look at things plainly, you see five guys running up and down the court. You ought to know. The, the world is filled with millions of people. You look at five people. I want to be like him. Okay. Keep on wanting. Let's deal with the eyes. We're about to close up. Let's deal with the eyes again and conversing with the young men about occupations and what they aspire to become. I want to be a professional football player, many of them say. Each NFL team is allowed to have 53 players on its roster. Well, I learned a lot. 53 players on its roster, plus a five-player practice squad. What's that? I guess somebody to beat up on for something. Five-player practice squad. As of 2011, the National Football League had 32 teams, making a total of 1,696 players. Yet we have 1.9 million African-American businesses. You got 1,696 players, but you say to me, that's what we do. You're not getting it. Okay, players like Emmett Smith and Ladanian. What, what's that? Ladanian? Okay, Ladanian, that's him, huh? Ladanian, I don't know him, but Ladanian Tomlinson have a grip on our boys and hold their minds and hearts captive only to spend many unproductive years in a comatose dream of no real reality of what the future may hold for them. They're holding our boys captive, people. Do you understand? I'm going to say something to you that you probably ain't thought about it. Parents, you go to your kids' rooms, and if all you see on the wall is basketball picture posters, snatch them down. Put some Jesus up there. We don't pay attention to that, though. I, sometimes, I know some of you like, you know, I ain't thought about that. You go in your room, and all you see is Kobe Bryant and Wade, the Wade man, and you see these people, and you see them on the wall. You better know that's what your son is dreaming of. Put Jesus up there. And it doesn't hurt to put a little Thurgood Marshall up there. A little Marcus Messiah Gavi up there. A little Ed, a little Ed uh, Edson White. Again, that's Ellen G. White's son, so y'all can understand. By all means, I am a diverse thinker. We are, if they did, because if you look at the movement, if you look at the civil rights movement, which we study quite deeply uh, in, in the Georgia area, that's another story. But when you study that movement, there were white people who were involved in that movement. Many of them died. You remember the story of the three, the three young men who were going to Mississippi? Uh, was Mississippi burning? There were many whites who died in there, so don't misunderstand what the pastor is sharing with you. But put somebody on the wall who made a difference in your life, aspiring to shoot a basketball and run up and down a court all day long and the average according to what I studied the average career of a football player and athletes lasts about four to twelve years then after that if you read the research most of them are gone broke because they could not manage money right now Deion Sanders don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow anybody know about him anybody know about all the money Deion Sanders made and he he don't know what happened I'm gonna say oh this is a good one young men if you want to do something become financial managers and manage that joke of money if your partner want to shoot ball, become a financial manager and manage his money. That's what you do. Manage his money. That's what you do. That's what I told you, Lonnie, because he sure can't shoot. So, I, I, so boy, you might want to try to manage some money because all that ain't going to work. Okay. Okay. Jesus said, we are impressed and affected. Look at this one. Getting ready to end. Players like Emmett Till, LaDainian Thomason have a grip on our boys. We are all impressed by the effect and affected by modeling especially that of our parents. Whether or not they are aware of it, parents serve as models to our children. Whether you know it or not, you serve as models to your children. The question is whether you're a good model or a bad model. Jesus said, let good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That's in Matthew 5 and 16. Make sure we have some of the words. Children observe and imitate their parents' words, behaviors, and attitudes. They learn to think as their parents think, feel as their parents feel, choose what their parents choose, and act like their parents act. While sometimes y'all be looking at some of these little girls and talking about what they're wearing. You go on out there sometime, you catch their mama out there, and you see what they're wearing. You don't need, ain't no need, ain't no need to trip it. 
You be looking at these kids around here, and I ain't talking about just, and I ain't talking about in this church, I'm talking about all over the world. We be looking at kids and talking about, ooh, look what they got on. Just keep living and catch their mama. And you will see the same thing. That is no offense, it's just the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's all it is. No offense to anybody. The point is, per, even me, even me, so I, my little girl Amari, ooh, she just got a little loud mouth, and I just had to look in the mirror. That little girl, she's kind of loud. I said, God, I got to work on me. You, you know, it, it is what it is. Jesus said, okay, now, look at this. They learn to think as their parents think. Let's deal with the ears. Let's deal with the ears. God instructed his people in Deuteronomy 6, 7, impress on your children. Talk about them. Talk about Jesus to your children. When you're sitting at home, when you're walking along the road, when you lie down, when you wake up, you talk about Jesus to your children. That's what Deuteronomy 6 and 7 says, somebody. Now, when we talk about talking about Jesus and what we say and what our ears hear, this is so, for me, I, I can't even say the words, so I'm going to give you three quick sentences, and you fill in the words. Don't fill them in aloud. I don't want to hear them. I don't want to hear them. Just keep them quiet. If you don't know them, just don't worry about it. But when we talk about what our children hear, because what they hear becomes who they are, and then they repeat what they're hearing. And you say, and we say, we say, why do we keep doing something? It's because it's perpetuated in the home and continuous. Let me give you about three. Please, no, don't say anything, because I don't want any kid to hear it if they never heard it. Just fill in the blanks in your mind. Blank people are always blank. Please don't say it. Don't say it. But just get the point of if you always say that, what do you think that child who hears it is going to believe? It's called the self-fulfilling prophecy. If you want to keep something away from blank, put it in a blank. Don't say it. Just know if you're saying it, that child is internalizing what you're saying. Last one. I don't want to attend that school because too many blanks are there. If you don't know it, don't worry about it. It's good if you don't know it. Maybe you ain't been using it. Praise the Lord. But my point is, those kids hear what you're saying. Matthew 5 and 16, read the word of God. Let's, let's deal with the ears again. Apostle Paul, John says in 16, 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Into what truth? Into all truth, for he would not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. John is conveying to us that the Holy Spirit is the source of truth. The Holy Spirit would not compel or carry the disciples into the truth. He would lead. Their job is to follow. All truth refers to truth necessary to be mature saints and thoroughly equipped servants. The ultimate source of authority is God. This is why it is vital that we pray and petition the Holy Spirit to give us discernment. Would someone come up and play for me? I'm getting ready to close. This is why it's vital that we pray and petition the Holy Spirit to give us discernment in what we hear because we can certainly be affected by what we hear. There's a little song that goes, be careful little children what you see, oh be careful little children what you see, for there's a savior up above and he's looking down in love, so be careful little children what you see. Oh, be careful, little children, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little children, what you hear. For there's a Savior up above, and he's looking down in love. So be careful, little children, what you hear. Small song, big meaning. Big meaning. Placing it in greater context as I close. Proverbs 23, 7 says, also, it also speaks to a regenerated person increases in wisdom, holiness, and even success, partly by thinking his life 
them after God. By God's grace and power, the believer grows with biblical precepts that he meditates about. When God says things to come, he is talking about truths, about the church as well as the future. When you think about our history and any people's history, not just African-American history, Native American history, Latino history, when you think of all the different ethnicities, there is something that makes us understand that once we become connected with this book, it doesn't matter from whence you come, but where you're going. When you become connected with this book, your history does not start with decadence, but your history starts with Jesus Christ, starts with Adam, starts with Eve. That's the history that you need to understand. I'm going to ask if you would stand with me and we're going to pray.